After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. They tell you what they know. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. The pocket that you know. Hey, welcome into the Deuce and Mo podcast, recording this late on a Tuesday night as we inch closer to the Kings' first playoff game since 2006. We are recording this after what was probably one of the more hideous NBA play-in games in play-in history oh. between the Lakers and the T-Wolves. We're going to talk some NBA play-in, but we also have some big storylines to go over today, including what Draymond Green had to say. What some other people are saying about the Kings, too. Oh, Kings, Warriors, I can't wait. I'm Deuce Mason. That's Morgan Reagan. How you doing, Mo? I, I'm good. I, uh, I've been enjoying... This, it's not, it's, well, it's not a break, but watching other teams play, and especially like today, watching those playing games, made me really just appreciate what's going on in this city right now. Yeah. Shots are being made. Offense is flowing. Good little rhythm. Yeah, watching... Miami play. I thought they were trying to run stuff from like the 1998 version of the Miami. Oh. I'm like, what? What am I watching here? This is this is not modern day basketball. Yeah, the play in today was very interesting. I mean, I'm excited to watch. I think I'm a fan of the play in in general. Hell yeah! But both games were pretty weird today. Um, we just are coming off the heels of Lakers T Wolves though that yeah. just got over moments ago. I don't know how to describe what we all just watched, but that did not feel like high level. We are inching closer, fine tuned for the playoffs. It looked like two teams that really don't belong at this point. Sure, and I, I think I, I thought that a lot of the story of today was going to be like, man. That drama with Rudy Gobert has really affected this T-Wolves team. And I don't think that's what the story is. Um, a lot of the story has to do with the shots being missed. You, I mean, you saw uh, Ant not 
be able to be productive. He went down on that shoulder. You saw Cat get in foul trouble after like playing a pretty special game early on. I mean, you saw what he was capable of doing out there, even without Rudy Gobert out there on the floor. And then just coming down to that three-point shot and three free throws by Mike Conley, Anthony Davis not being able to control his body. It goes into overtime. <sighs> Weird. It was bizarre to say the least. And the Lakers end up winning in overtime 108 to 102. So they will play the Memphis Grizzlies in the first round of the NBA playoffs. Minnesota has to wait until Friday to play their game uh, against the winner of the Pelicans OKC play in game coming up on Wednesday night. It, it was such a bizarre game because you know me, I'm not the biggest cat fan. I was curious. How Minnesota is going to respond today after all the drama? They lose two starters. Gobert suspended. Shane McDaniels, you saw him on the sideline. He's got this huge cast on his hand from fracturing his hand after punching a wall. You're going, okay, are the Lakers going to win by 20, 30? Like, what, what's going to happen today? I was so impressed with how Minnesota came out tonight. I thought they were moving well, defensively engaged. Cat played some of the best basketball I think he has played through the first three quarters. That was my favorite thing. Deuce Mason, who definitely, as we all know, is much more of a cat hater for the most part. You are. You just are. Like, anything he does bothers you. That's fine. We all have those players. Mario Chalmers was mine. I don't know why. But either way, we all have those players that just, like, irk us. Cat irks you. You're not the only one. That's a lot of his reputation around the league and with fans. But tonight, what I loved when we were watching this game you were giving obvious mad respect to what he was capable of doing. And what he was capable of doing wasn't like, oh, his ability to score. He's just look at his shot so pretty. It was his passing, the way that he would just outlet the basketball and get their offense flowing. I mean, he was doing the little things out there that really look special. So that's why it sucks that as soon as he gets in foul trouble, he gets in his own damn head. Well, it's in his own head, but then it plays him off the floor. Mm -hmm. And tonight it was... When he was off the floor, I mean, the spacing was completely off. I mean, this game kind of encapsulates what Minnesota has been over the years. When Cat is rolling, things can look really good. And to his credit and the teammates' credit, they were playing such good defense really in that first half. They were competing so hard, knocking down shots. Felt like good balance. You you were getting away with they were getting away with the fact that Ant was not doing anything offensively. Yes. But Ant was super engaged defensively. He was making plays. Oh and like, okay, you know what? If you can maybe hit a couple of big shots late, you win this game. But you don't have Gobert. You lose McDaniels, who's just been such an important piece for them, and he's not coming back anytime soon. And then Anthony Edwards tonight goes 3 of 17, 9 points in the game. You're just not going to win that game. No. And they still almost won that game. That's how ugly, that's how hideous, and how poorly executed both teams played at the end. It's not like you go, hey, man, tip your cap to the Lakers. I, I just thought Minnesota shot themselves in the foot so many times in this game. Was it fatigue? Uh, I, I don't know. Because what happened to Kyle Anderson showing any urgency to score, right, at the end? It was like he didn't want to square up and look at the basket, and it wasn't only in overtime. It wasn't only in the fourth quarter. It was like... For some reason in that second half, he just didn't look like he wanted to be aggressive when they 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 needed him to be aggressive because Ant wasn't being the aggressor. And then on top of that, you look at this 
like the, the Lakers were handing them the game going here wait do you want do you want the ball here's 21 turnovers oh and they ended up scoring 19 points off those 21 turnovers you mentioned that but do you understand that minnesota had 24 turnovers in oh this game God. that turned into 30 points for the lakers so they just handed it right back so it's one of those weird games i thought the broadcast was interesting too with kevin harlan reggie miller I felt like they were painting the description of this game at times like, what an epic uh, finish here at the end. I looked at it completely different. I looked at it like, what is happening? Mm. Like, I felt like the Lakers at the beginning of the game looked like they were almost playing a regular season game where Darvin Ham wasn't playing AD a ton of minutes when Cat was clearly taken over. I'm sitting there watching, going... You're going to need these guys to play 40-plus minutes. Now in the second half, those guys did play big minutes. Braun and AD end up playing 43 minutes and 45 minutes, respectively. They look completely gassed at the end of the game. But it was just such a weird rhythm in that first half for the Lakers. So they definitely buckled down in the later stages of the game. But I felt like Minnesota just let them off the hook. And it was just mistake after mistake by both teams. Yeah. It's like who wanted this game. And it's weird to have that kind of dysfunction as you prepare for the postseason like this is i know it's playing but for all intensive purposes this was a playoff game and it in your exact like the physicality felt like that at points yeah, at times but no but the but the um i don't the the style of play the um it just wasn't pretty it wasn't pretty <laughs> and, and i i've seen we both have seen sloppy basketball end up being like oh man they just had to really grind that one out and it's still a fun product on the floor where tonight it's exactly what you said it just felt like a regular season game the urgency didn't truly feel that feel like it was there for both teams um just a yeah just a strange one yeah and minnesota is going to be kicking themselves for what happened at the end of this game because I, I just felt like how many chances they had to just take control of this game it was 95 88 at the halfway point of the fourth quarter minnesota did not score again until mike conley got fouled on that corner three ball no. at the end of the game which ended up forcing overtime. So they didn't score a point in the final six minutes of the ball game. Oy. I mean, we're just talking about like what, what, and I do think Cat's foul trouble definitely messed with things. One, I felt like when Cat came back in with his fifth foul, he's playing tentative. And I, it's such a tough thing because obviously you have to be careful defensively. You don't want to pick up your your fifth your sure. sixth foul and leave the game your team needs you out there but offensively he was settling i'm like cat you this they're letting things go in this game it has been a physical game even though you're in foul trouble yeah like go score you and, can't be settling right now when your team needs you to get a bucket and that's the thing dude i feel like he gets too much in, in his own head and where he gets also like very chaotic um you saw even on that fifth foul where it was AD sold it, but Cat still had a little grab, right? And then AD threw his body, and it's like, well, yeah, I mean, that could be deemed a foul. Like, sure, whatever. And he just becomes chaotic in those moments and then doesn't focus and 
play the right type of basketball that he needs to play for his entire team. I do want to give a little bit of credit to the Lakers defense because sure. we talked about Ant not being able to score. Well, they kept throwing a double at him, blitz, blitzing him at the top and just kind of messing with his game a little, but he still didn't look the same. No, his, all of his stuff was short. I mentioned the three of 17. He was 0 of 9 from three. Oh, of nine from three in the game today for Ant, who was just coming off like this sensational finish in game 82 against uh, New Orleans the other day, which was just incredible. And maybe that's the rematch we get. It'll play in rematch in in Minnesota between the T-Wolves and Pelicans. That could be kind of fun to see. But yeah, Minnesota had this game. And for the Lakers, I mean... Good thing you survive. Good thing you advance. Now you get ready for the Memphis Grizzlies. But this was a just a weird game for them. It just felt like they... I, that's when I look at the Lakers and anytime people want to tell me about um, them being a championship team, which somehow is still like a weird narrative right it now. It definitely is. I'm sorry. They don't have it. It's LeBron and AD. And that's, I, I don't really trust anybody else at this point. They go to their bench and it's it's trouble. I know Schroeder gave him something today. He, he came in and gave them a spark. He had 21 on 5 of 12, but. The big three at the end. Yeah, I just, I, I don't trust it. And I, their size definitely takes a hit without AD. Against a team like Minnesota, it was like they had Rui out there at time. I'm like, who's guarding Cat right now? You guys have no size whatsoever. Why don't you get to D'Angelo Russell? Why didn't they trade? For, why they trade from Obama if they don't use him though? They have Obama on their bench. Like, uh, you just signed Tristan Thompson for God knows what reason. Chris Jenner. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, Russell was bad. He's coming off the injury too, so I don't know how is he feeling all right. But yeah, he had two points, one of nine. Against his former team. I know you ask, is he feeling all right? But he's in there during some of those important moments where it's just like, if he's not contributing, then don't have that take down the rest. I mean, you have someone like Schroeder that could be in there instead of him. I, I don't know. I just thought that was a, um interesting coaching decision. But also, I thought it was an interesting coaching decision when they challenged Anthony Davis's foul like early on in that game. Yeah, that was his third one. They they challenged that in the third quarter. It I mean, they won the challenge, but it ultimately And then it ended up being a jump ball right. and going back to Minnesota on right. that possession. But yeah, I mean, either way, it's just when I just I look at that roster too and you you go, it's not it's not terrible and it's not terrible because of the two names that you mentioned. Yep. LeBron and that gives him a chance for sure and LeBron had 30 tonight along with uh, 10 rebounds 6 assists 80 finished with 24 15 he had 4 assists he also had 3 blocks in the game and yeah I I thought both teams had some unbelievable defensive plays at the rim today I mean from AD you had Ant had that one in the first half when was it Vanderbilt was trying to drop a hammer on him I forget who it was but I just remember Ant's hand Go all the way back. Yeah, it was because he blocked it. That, and he got it. That was outstanding. Yeah, uh, Kyle Anderson. He had twelve points, thirteen assists, five rebounds, four blocks, four steals. So I don't know. I, I it's weird how I felt about the ending of this game because I felt like the first three quarters I was really into it. I, I just that it, it felt like it was a back and forth competitive game. T will start to get separation. That final six minutes, and I don't—is it fatigue? I don't know what you want to call it, and maybe it is. I you look at the final totals of this game, and Minnesota being shorthanded, they didn't lean on their bench a ton. All five starters played 
at least 41 minutes in this game. And and Katz would have been higher had he not gone to foul trouble. Katz 24, 11, 5, three blocks in the game on 8 of 12 and 41 minutes. Ant played 43. Conley had some monster oh threes in this game. How good was Mike Conley? How fun is that? It's fun when you see a vet, an older guy, and it's coming off of a move, and everyone then all of a sudden tweets out, you know, the the sleeper trade of the trade deadline. Ah, like they get all excited when he knocks down another three. And I get it. Like he's not only been big for them in some of those big moments, knocking down those three free throws, hitting some big threes tonight, but you you think about his presence and I do, and I shouldn't just compare because that's mean but you think about his presence compared to like Delo's presence and it's just a huge difference it's like you have an adult on your team that can hopefully um rally guys together and after all the drama that happened in that last game with Rudy Gobert and Kyle Anderson and I'm sure it just lingers as as you continue to move on and try to move on with out Rudy Gobert there at practice and stuff. I'm sure it's guys like Mike Conley that are rallying his team together. Yeah. And then you have that awkwardness of, okay, so you go back to Minnesota, get ready for who you're going to play in the play, and then Gobert's like back in the fold again. So and awkward. I, I think with <laughs> Minnesota, when you look at uh, that specific area, uh huh. look at how Cat thrived with the spacing tonight. Look, look at how, how Minis- thrived. Minnesota thrived. Both of those guys on the floor together is just not ideal with this group. It's just not. Now, think about this. There was that stretch when the T-Wolves were really looking good in the regular season. Cat was out. And we were kind of yeah. saying the same thing. We we're like, look at without Cat, they're That's what thriving. I'm saying. They both, both of them together is and, not good. And so I'm getting to my point slash question. Which one has to go? Well, which you're not. No, Rudy Gobert is not a good player. So you're admitting that you made the wrong move you by... Ch- no, you can't trade him. You're stuck oh. with him. Oh. You're stuck with... Ru- I mean, I don't know how you get rid of Rudy Gobert's money right now. I Yeah, I, I, not right this second, no. No, no one's going to trade for him. What What does he do well? I mean, I'm watching a Kongwu today with Atlanta. I'd rather have him. I know. I'd rather have the guy... That replaced him in Utah, Walker Kessler. Oh, my God. He provides more than Gobert, but Gobert makes a ton of money. He makes a ton of money and causes a ton of drama. So that's going to be an interesting little dynamic headed into the play-in game. But, yeah, Gobert makes 41 next year, 43 the year after that, and then he has a player option for 46.6. He's not. Oh, yeah. He's got three more years. Yeah. That's um, that's an interesting situation you got there. I mean, and I just I, the only reason why I even bring this up because you do look at the drama in a night like tonight, and you you think about okay, if it can't work with both of them on the on the court, and you did have to get rid of one, you could get value back from Cat at least. But is that just not yeah, the direction you go I, after? I mean, I don't know what you're. Tim Connolly screwed him. I don't know. I don't know what direction they go. They're on just this. screwed. But let's be real. They got to figure a way to get in because otherwise they're going to have to face those questions in the offseason. If it's an early exit or if they get bounced in the play in, don't even make the playoffs. Yikes. Yeah. Just crazy. From a Lakers perspective, uh, I mean, obviously you're happy that you just advance. But at the same time, we just highlighted some of the things that went wrong tonight with Minnesota, just in terms of guys missing, missing and 
with a weird, crazy off night, he could not hit anything. Uh-huh. Are you feeling confident headed into a series at the Memphis Grizzlies if you're the Lakers? Um, I feel like LeBron James always looks confident, right? Like, I, I think as as a squad, too, you just, you believe in your ability. You believe because you have guys that have won a championship on this team that have experience. Um, I don't know, like, now, if I'm, like, talking about this from the outside and I'm looking at these two matchups, it's... I mean, that's pretty, it's pretty chaotic, right? Yeah, no Steven Adams, no right. Brandon Clark. Those, that's, it, huge that's huge for Memphis. I mean, what if, what if there was a situation, a scenario that AD just steps up defensively so that second line of defense stops John Morant from getting into the paint every other offensive possession? Again, I don't know, but when you see them shoot that shitty too on a night like this, it's just like, what? What do you really expect from this Lakers squad going up against the Memphis Grizzlies? The West has been that weird this year. You just, you really don't know. I mean, I, watching this play in a game tonight, I'm just like, send both these teams home. I know. I don't want to see these teams in the playoffs. Well, like, do you, after they play like this on a play-in game? Not your decision. So they combine, Morgan, in a play-in game. They combine for... I'm sorry, 45 turnovers? Yeah. Uh, the Lakers end up shooting 41% in the game. <laughs> um, 10 of 31 from three. Minnesota 16 of 41 from three. The, the, the crazy numbers is looking at the second half. Uh, Minnesota in the second half shot 33%. They had just 38 points. Uh, the Lakers had 49, so it's not like they killed it. The fourth quarter scoring was 19 to 12 12. They were 3 of 16. Minnesota was 3 of 16 in the quarter, 3 of 11 from 3. They settled so much. And I guess you do need to give the Lakers some credit there, right? We mentioned um, AD being more locked in. They were playing aggressive. Like, I, I give them credit for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just, whenever I think about the next matchup between the Grizzlies and the Lakers, I, there's no way... The, the Grizzlies defense, it's going to be good enough. They're one of the better defenses in the league. It's going to be good enough. It's going, okay. it's, it has to, right? Okay. Or are we just going to get an again, ugly ass they're series? They're missing Steven Adams and they're missing Brandon Clark. These are two huge pieces they're missing. And they're going to have to rely on some guys to step up that they haven't typically relied on in these moments. So I don't know. I just think it could be an interesting series. And, and like you were saying, look at how bad it looked when Cat was out. And AD was in, you know, he's just, it's so much easier for him to dominate when there isn't a lot of bigs in there. I mean, points in the paint too. Yeah. They outscored them by like 20 something. So, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't have like a, a prediction for even that series, honestly, just some, um, inconsistent basketball. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us tonight. I noticed we got over 300 plus people watching us. Biggest thing you could do right now is hit the thumbs up button. Hit the thumbs up button. Make sure you're subscribed as we chase 11,000 plus subs. I was going to say, I meant to say 12,000 subs, but go. I didn't. Yeah, I, I, tonight's game was hideous at the end. Just disappointing in so many ways. And if you're Minnesota, you just got to be kicking yourself. Like, how did we lose that game? How? We can't just score like three... 
Just give us three points. No, they in, in Mike Conley stretch. did. <laughs> Mike Conley God, did. He goes six minutes without a basket. Oh my god, I'm sure he was thinking bad thoughts too when that first free throw went up. Mm. Hit front rim. It Dude. bobbled in. Just crazy. Just crazy. The other playing game today, uh, the Hawks took care of the Miami Heat in Miami, 116 to 105 in a game that uh, Miami just looked old, slow. It just looked like late 90s Miami Heat basketball, like old basketball, but, trying to be played in 2023. It doesn't work. Yeah. like It, it um, doesn't work. It boring in some ways, but also just nothing was being executed. But then you did notice whenever they started moving without the basketball, Hero would slash through the paint, Jimmy Butler, backdoor cut. As soon as they started moving, good things would happen. Both these teams are not very good. That's the reality. So that's why I knew Atlanta was going to give up some points. I knew Atlanta was going to make it interesting, but then Atlanta locked in. I think the biggest thing I give credit to Quinn Snyder has gotten these guys to come out and play. And he has started to trust guys that weren't being trusted before. Okongwu's impact tonight was huge. He had 12 points. He had four rebounds, four blocks in 20 minutes. <laughs> Sadiq Bey off the bench had 17. Bogdanovich had 14 off the bench. Jalen Johnson, who wasn't really playing. Remember the, the kid from Duke that we were talking about for the Kings at one point in the draft? Yeah. Wasn't really playing. Snyder's putting him in there. He gives you 10 points off the bench. So the bench was outstanding. Capella had 21 rebounds. Rebounding numbers were absurd. Miami knew that this year they didn't have enough size. Mm -hmm. I mean, they had Dwayne Dedman at one point. They go, oh, let's get Kevin Love. Uh, let's get Cody Zeller. It'd be nice. Trying to help out that. It hasn't helped them at all. I mean, look, the rebounding tonight was 63 to 39. 63 to 39. They were out rebounded. Yes. That's that's absurd. It's they, had, they had 22. The Hawks had 22 offensive rebounds for 26 points in this game. Look at Capella's rebounds. 21 yes. rebounds for him alone. And yeah, I, I mean, it was. He had eight offensive rebounds, Morgan. He had eight offensive rebounds. Miami as a team had six in this game. So uh, it was it was a. One of those games, I'm just watching Miami going. I, where do they go from here? I know they got, I know they got another game, but like, they in today's game, you got to be able to hit some threes. You got to be able to play with some pace. You, That's why Kyle Lowry came off the bench and started. Oh, he was down good. He threes. was he was cooking Trey a few times tonight. I'll give him credit. He had 33 off the bench. Uh, they did hit 11 of 34 from three, but they just kind of play slow. It just they're not fun. They're not fun at all. I enjoyed watching Kyle Lowry have a good game in that one. And that's what I'll say I'll take away from that one. Because even when I look at Trey Young's game, what, you guys, he doesn't play defense. Or no, he, he's like not capable rough. of no, playing it's, defense. It's rough. And it's bad for what type of, what caliber of player he is, right? The, the tier that we put him in because of, he, his ability to get to the basket and score. I mean, his floaters, it's just his understanding of of where he needs to be on the floor and how to make that shot. It's at a very high level. But I do wonder if Snyder can get him to be a little 
more improved on that end. He's always going to be at a disadvantage with his size. He's not, he's just not a big dude at all. His frame is not, you know, like just a smaller guy, but Lowry got wherever and where, whatever he wanted. Can you keep your Jersey right, in front of right. him? Right. Like you're not going to even be Davion Mitchell, right? Short and, and be an elite on ball defender. Just keep your Jersey in front of him. Be able to move laterally. Don't give him any angle he wants. That's exactly what was happening um, with Trey Young's defense. But yeah, but they ended up pulling out the win. And like you said, Miami Heat, there was moments that you're like, why aren't you just playing this disciplined basketball? They just, they, they couldn't do that consistently. So you get Atlanta taking on Boston in the first round of the NBA playoffs. Uh, next play-in game's coming up tomorrow and we're gonna be live after those games more let's talk some kings you guys there i feel like there's so much that keeps going on every single day we need to acknowledge this oh last year when we were doing a podcast after an nba playing game we were like let's talk some kings so the coaching search um (laughs) what a difference a year makes it is tuesday night and we're sitting back going yeah we're not worried about playing because the kings have a home playoff game Saturday night on ABC against the Golden State Warriors. It sounds so good. I saw ESPN's like panel of experts. I think they had 17 total. Okay. 15 of them picked the Golden State Warriors in this series. And one of them who picked the Kings was Bobby Marks. That's our guy. He said Kings in six. That's our guy. The basketball mind, Bobby Marks. You know, it's interesting hearing... The discussion go on and on. You know, everyone's kind of antsy waiting for Saturday's game. Yeah. Like, I think the one of my bigger takeaways, I feel like the Warriors have some respect for the Kings. I do. I think they respect them for a few reasons. I think, one, they've just seen what they've been able to do. But I think there is a huge respect for Mike Brown because of his time with the Golden State Warriors. Duh. I think the other thing, too, is just how many fans just are running smack back on, on both sides. Like, people are taking shots at Looney. I'm like, guys, don't I, – I, he's not Sabonis, and it, that's okay. Looney can give you problems. Uh-huh. He's a big body. He's going to play physical. He's going to get rebounds. Like, don't shit on – the Warriors are still good, guys. So, like, let's not start walking in like, hey – we're the three C. We're so much better. When I say we, I'm talking about like Kings fans. Yes. Like, let's settle down. And now on the flip side, I, I don't think there's a Warriors fan out there that has any concern about the Sacramento Kings. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're worried. I think they're looking at this as like ideal matchup. We don't have to travel, take over the building. They don't play defense. It's a wrap. It's just all, all that back and forth has been kind of compelling. And we're not even... We haven't even hit, like, practice audio from people yet. We, the, both teams have not had media availability. That comes coming up on a Wednesday. That's the thing that I find most interesting is that how the the fan bases <laughs> on, on Twitter and podcasts, it's very confident from both sides. And from both sides, I'm like, is it what? <laughs> wait, wait, I don't understand it. But then that's why I love, I love when you do hear it from, doesn't matter if it's from Draymond or a coach or whoever, just comments throughout the year. You know that both these teams understand that they're taking on a good basketball team. And 
I think there's that narrative that people want to push. No, I mean, I mean, it, there's a lot of truth to it too, that the Kings defense sucks, right? And because of where it's ranked in the NBA. But at the same time, you saw it during this season, especially on the road, work. And it worked well. And then with the Warriors defense, even when people were laughing at it at times, it works well on their home floor. The but numbers show. The numbers also show... Post All Star break, they're seventh in defensive rating. There you go. Overall, overall. So that's and that's my point with both these teams. Like, although you saw their flaws and oh, Clay, is he ever going to be the same? I mean, yeah. You look at the his last ten games and what he's been doing for his team. He's been playing pretty well. So all these things have to come together, and then you think about how these teams will play a whole different style of game when it comes to the postseason, when it comes to physicality, when it comes to their conditioning. Yeah. All those things are going to factor into this, and that's why I I love the banter, but I also, I just hope that, you know, people don't really befriend people and get upset during this time. You mean... Oh, I'm sorry. Um, unfriend. Unfriend. I was like, yeah. you, not, you don't want to befriend people. No, okay. don't you befriend anyone. Do not befriend um, a Warriors fan out there. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> we, we, we haven't even gotten to game one yet. And this is like... We're, we're starting to... Get, the, the social media back and forth has been hilarious reading the... And I go, oh... This person doesn't watch games. This person doesn't watch games. This person doesn't watch games. It's like, hey, turn, before you just start looking at number, just watch some games, man. On both sides, by the way. I'm not saying, like, Warriors fans are paying attention. Just just watch both sides. Yeah. Um, I was, I've been thinking more and more about this series, and I'm just thinking, like, I just think it's going to be a really competitive series. I think... Same. I think it's going to be a fun series. And I'm glad, and maybe I'm preparing myself a little bit here. I'm glad the Kings are playing the Warriors in the first round. Good. And why, what's your reasoning? Because they're going to gain so much from this. Absolutely. You're playing against a team that has never lost in this Steve Kerr era to a Western Conference team in the playoffs. They've only lost in the finals, right? 2016 to the Cavs, 2019 to the uh, to the Raptors when they had all those injuries. You're playing on, uh, to teams that know what it takes, understand the physicality, the discipline, the focus, all those things, making big-time shots, making the right play, sacrificing. This is like... the. This is an education for the Sacramento Kings coming up. Yeah. And I'm not trying to act like they can't match that moment and be there. I think they can. But my point is, no matter the result for this for uh, of this series, the Kings are going to gain a lot from this series, from the going through the experience. They didn't just do this to get to the playoffs this year. Uh -uh. I think the Kings are setting themselves up to be a really competitive team for years to come here. And this series can help get them to that next level. I think when you look at the panelists or or whoever, you know, they ESPN took that poll and all those people um, gave their predictions, you know, Warriors in five, Warriors in seven, Warriors in six, all those different things. What's great about it is you saw the series for a lot of these people go far. And what that means too is that no one feels like, huh, 
they've got it. The Kings are going to get demolished. And not for a second do I feel that. I feel like we are going to see a very competitive series. I feel like there are going to be a lot of lessons learned out of this series. And if you see the Sacramento Kings somehow find a way to end this Warriors dynasty, like then you, you have to have some sort of different thought process of what type of team this King squad became in one damn season. Either way, the fact that they're there in the third spot and how they played to get there is, um, is much more than I could have ever imagined for this first season under Mike Brown. In the YouTube chat, let's get to some of the comments, including Joe, who says, Deuce and Mo being cautious like cowards again. <laughs> Dude. I, Realistic, I, but. I've heard my guy, Kenny Carraway. I know he's feeling confident oh. about that. I love Kenny. I'm listening to him, and I, he's making me laugh. Uh. I have too much respect for the Warriors to walk around and go, Kings are winning this series. I just, I'm not there. I'm not. I, I, if I'm leaning one way, I think the Warriors are going to win this series. And I hope I'm wrong. I think the Kings can win it, though. And I think the well, a couple of the reasons why, I don't know how much you put stock into the uh, OMF. Oh, this is something. Um, OMF. Give me the first word. Old. Old mother. No. Oh, okay. What is it? Old man factor. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay. That makes more sense. Okay. This Warriors team, and I loved watching them over the years. They run a sexy offense, Hell right? Yeah. The Kings run that same offense. Similar. Very similar, right? Yeah. They're running a lot of the same stuff. Split action, dribble handoffs, right? It's a bonus a little more skilled, in my opinion, than Draymond Green. Movement, 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 movement. without the ball. Yep. Have the Golden State Warriors ever had to defend a team like the Kings in the playoffs? Um, I don't know off the top of my head. The answer is probably not. Okay. Because the Kings play the Warriors style. The Kings have a point guard in De'Aaron Fox who can attack you. Uh-huh. How's their defense going to be at the point of attack? How... I know Steph Curry's conditioned. Okay. I, I know he's comfortable running around on offense, but how is he going to be in a seven-game series when he's got to chase a, I don't know, are they going to put him on Kevin Herter? Is he going to deal with Keegan Murray? I'm sure the Kings are going to try to get Fox, him to switch on the Fox. Like, those are things you have to consider. Clay Thompson's going to have to be moving a lot on de- defense. He's not the same defender as he used to be. So, like, I'm just kind of curious how much that factors in. Like, hey, I understand that they've done it and all this. They've got a lot of mileage, though. I, I, I get what you're saying. I totally get what you're saying. My only pushback is the Kings have to experience the same thing on the other end at something that they don't execute, which is defense. And they're experiencing their own offense, except let's just say at a more experience and maybe even 
I don't want to say higher level because the numbers show like, no, the Kings are this this season. But I say at a higher level, maybe more because of the experience and because the understanding of where they can take their games physically. I'm talking about the Warriors. They understand that. And I think the Kings might, I, I hope they understand it from game one. But they might not understand until game three. Okay, shit. Let's just go at them. Let's go through their body. I think they're really good. Mike Brown does a great job not only coaching these guys, he teaches them game by game. And their ability to make adjustments game by game and learn from their mistakes has been absolutely incredible. But what is that going to look like against the same team so close together? Yeah, no, and that's Good question. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, I I think if there's one thing with the Warriors defense that's probably most concerning with me is just like having GP two back in the fold. And he Ooh. did a good job against John Morant. I think Fox is a different type of cover than John Morant. Sure. The other thing too, we keep talking about all right, Andrew Wiggins. Let's say he's not a hundred percent, just he's he's gonna be back. Yep. He's coming back for game one. Yep. Is he coming off the bench? Is he starting? I would be very surprised if he is starting game one. And if he is, if you're Kerr, can you put him on Fox to start game one when the guy hasn't played in a game, let alone a playoff game? Against De'Aaron Fox? From the out. I, 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 you know me. I love Wiggins' defense, yeah. and he, I get... He was awesome last year against Luka, against Tate. I mean, Lengthy, in the playoffs, yeah. he was money for Golden State. They don't win the championship last year without Andrew Wiggins. Sure. I just think you're putting him in a really tough position if you're asking him to defend De'Aaron Fox game one. M maybe. But, may I mean, but he's he's just, he's played at the highest of high levels. So, I think even if he has been away from the game for how many games this season and is gonna start his journey back in the postseason he knows what's what it's about and I'm sure he's doing everything in his power during this time since you know he's uh, they announced that he was back with sure. the team to get back into it but you're right I know it's, it's not, not NBA, it's not NBA minutes I understand that I just I don't know I just am not I'm not gonna doubt that yet until I see it with my own eyes that's all I mean, the guy's missed a lot of time. I mean, it's going to take him a game or two. or th I mean, it may, it's going to take him some time to get back in the game shape. That's just a fact. Sure. But, I mean, sometimes, too, like, people just come back and they feel great. And then it will start to wear on them, right? Like, what if it starts to wear on him? Like, they beat the Kings and then they get to the next round. And then all of a sudden, Andrew Wiggins looks tired. I'd be like, what the? Why couldn't you do this? Yeah, I, I think he'll be he'll probably be fine if they can get to the next round. It's just getting back, getting your win back. And it's not like you, they're not hiding him on someone. They're like, hey, Andrew, we need you to defend De'Aaron Fox. But maybe but maybe that's also what they end up doing too, right? Maybe they end up putting – maybe they end up throwing some different defenses at the Kings. You saw the Kings when a zone was thrown at them. They were they – at times they could not – get into a gap they could not get into the paint they just weren't understanding that they needed to attack the gaps and i'm curious if a good team like the warriors who have thrown many defenses different defenses at teams in a postseason they try that stuff on the kings i mean will it work maybe let's get to uh some more 
the comments, including Todd saying, why are we pretending the Warriors are good? <laughs> you know, I, I, I like your guys' confidence. I'm not... Beam Team King says the Kings will destroy the Warriors, absolutely dismantle them. We'll give them the noise and momentum from the stands. I, I do think Kings fans are going to show up big time. I, I, I do think, too. I think there's just like weird belief, even with some fans, that it's going to be all Warriors fans. No, Warriors fans will buy some tickets for sure. But I think there's going to be, I think there's going to be more Kings fans in San Francisco. Well, that would be cool. I hope we see it. I mean, then either way, then Warriors fans in Sacramento is my point. Yeah, I, I mean, and if that's the case, they'll definitely be louder. Like yeah. that's something I know. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's get to some more comments. Uh, Joe saying Deuce and Mo sending this for an ESPN audition tape because he thinks we're being too uh, oh. nice to the Golden State Warriors right now. Oh, I mean, I'm just telling you how I feel. I want. I, if there's anything you need to know about us, like we want to be, we want to be in Sacramento forever. Anytime people are like, "Hey, do some more. Would you want to go national?" No. I don't really care about that at all. I just want to be happy. If I lived in Sacramento my entire life, oh. like I pretty much have, and did podcasts and talked about the Kings and NBA all the time, Amen. I would do that in Amen. a heartbeat. So, I, and Joe, just because I'm not saying what you want me to say, because you, your hand is not actually up my ass, controlling my mouth right now. Oh. Um, I, I'm sorry, I guess. I mean, you're acting as if I'm sitting up here going, the Kings have no shot. Dude, the Warriors are top 10 in offense and defense post all-star break. They're getting Wiggins back in the fold. Those guys haven't been healthy this year. Curry's been banged up. Now, if the Kings win this series, it's going to be because their offense continues to thrive at this mm -hmm. level that Guys don't shrink, and that their defense is improved. I actually think their defense will be better in the playoffs. But it's also a tough test to say that when, hey, get ready for that Warriors offense. It's just a ridiculous offense. And, you know, you could try different things. I saw Don in the chat men mention, hey, Blitz Curry. You can you could blitz him, but he can also <laughs> make a quick decision. He can, and you just have to. You're, everyone's got to be ready to go rotating and that's been troubling sometimes that back line of defense that's it i mean that's it right there when you do blitz a good player in the nba and we've seen it not only from the kings but from other teams as well the quick decision that is made not only by the initial player with the ball but then how it swings around because the team understands how to break that um the warriors understand how to break that at a high level so yeah it's not just going to be as easy as throwing a blitz at whoever has the ball at the top uh darren the chess is deuce there's not a big difference between uh from fox and jaw they're basically the same player but jaw is clearly the better player the kings aren't really presenting anything new plus memphis had a top five uh defense um i mean i jaw is not clearly better than De'Aaron fox in fact De'Aaron fox has had clearly had a better year this year I mean, I don't even think that's debatable. It no, it's it's not. Fox is gonna be a, an all NBA guy. John Morant's not. Um, De'Aaron Fox has been super efficient this year. They have different games. Like, yep. John Morant's athleticism is oh, out of this my. world. I mean, he's a much better athlete, leaper, all that than Fox. But Fox has a mid range game that's elite. He could slow you down, speed you up, attack. 
He's pretty damn good, man. Well, even their their offense, like you look at their entire squad, and it's not like John Morant wants to drive into the paint and dish out to Dylan Brooks to keep throwing up some deep balls, right? It's like he's going into the paint, and he's finding a way to usually get to the free throw line and or score and create. And it's just, it's it's like so many different so many more possessions too for John Morant because that is just so much of their identity. I am eager to see how Fox defends Curry. And I, I think he'll get that matchup to start. I think that's probably the best matchup at the point of the attack. I think defensively he's gotten so much better. I was I was going back and watching their third matchup of the season, and that was early. The Kings played the Warriors three times in the first twelve games. Yeah. The Kings offense looked great, man. The way they were getting some Great looks, and they won that game, but they did a great job executing, and that was before they totally knew each other. They had, like, the full chemistry. They had a whole bunch of new guys together. It looked really good. Was it more from pushing off of Warriors' mistakes, or was it more like in a half-court offense, the ball just, like, slinging around, if you remember? It was the movement. Okay. It was the movement, and then Sabonis attracts a lot of attention. Yeah. His quick decisions. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there there are some things. Yes. Sabonis will be a problem for them. Absolutely. And I think Looney and Green are strong as shit. They're going to be physical with them. But Sabonis can take a punch. Sabonis will throw him back, and he'll score on you, and he'll drop dimes, and he'll rebound. He doesn't really care. I just think about how Draymond Green annoys me when I'm sitting on my couch, eating, watching the game. What is that going to do game after game for someone who's actually taking it to their face mm -hmm. on the floor? And I ask that because we've seen Domas Sabonis do a great job of staying composed and just being physical, being a good sport, whatever. Then we've also seen those games when he gets taken out of his game. It's it's over. It's over. Yeah, I just, just don't think that. Ha I know what you're saying. Yeah. I just don't think that happens a lot. It, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. I'm not. I never said it happens a lot. I'm not even. But I, we the times that we've seen it, the five times this season that we saw it, it's all over. And I just sometimes I worry not about his ability to stay composed. I worry about annoying Mr. Annoying Draymond Green. Just yelling at whoever, yeah. getting away with whatever. That's mostly like those. He knows those tricks. He's been in the postseason so many times. He's been a champion. He knows those little tricks to try and screw with one of their best players. I think the other thing, too, and we saw this in the Kings Mavericks game. Uh, what was that last week late in the game when Kyrie took over? <sighs> Steph's got the ability. I mean, even in that last game I was watching in the first quarter, like Looney is setting a screen at the freaking center court logo for Curry and to he's get not, to work, yeah. you know, and just making plays out of that. But what my point late in the game, when they go ISO mode, this is the time where guys like Sabonis and Herter can get hunted. And, and that's what happened oh. against the Mavericks. And it's just, it's going to be interesting to see how the Kings kind of deal with it. The one thing that I'm super confident about is Mike Brown's going to have his guys prepared. They're going to be ready to go. And I I'm interested to see if how this team can take another jump in this playoffs. It's going to be hard. 
it's hard to beat someone four times, the same team four times in seven. It's just hard. It's yeah. hard to win a series. It's even harder to win it against the defending champions. Yeah. No, and it against uh, a coach that knows your team so well, right? Like, I, I just think about the Warriors. Every time that we talk about the Kings and what they have to face with the Warriors having all the experience and that being the biggest factor and everything, you do look at... <laughs> someone like Mike Brown, who is probably going to be coach of the year and has not only set a standard, has the respect of all of his guys. Oh, and he knows the team that his team is going up against like the back of his hand for the most part. Different roster, but for the most part. Let's get to some uh, people who sent some super chats. Thank you so much to West Sac Kings fan who became a member for 10 months saying miss you guys during the day. Appreciate that. Oh, it's been nice not having to do the daily show. I'll say that just from a mental standpoint <laughs> with everything going on. Oh, yeah. Uh, thanks so much to Lizzy. He's been a member for 11 months saying it's okay to hate cat. We all do. Okay, stop <laughs> okay. it. Uh, Nathan donates two bucks. Do you have an official prediction? I got Kings in six. I don't have an official prediction yet. I think <laughs> how did I choke on my own breath? I don't know. That was so weird. That was really weird. <clears throat> I think if you ask me today, my answer will be different by Friday. That's the <laughs> thing. I'm just yeah. I'm too emotional. I'll probably end up picking the Kings to win it. Yeah. My mine isn't I don't Oh no. Oh no. Oh no, I feel it. What? I can't jinx it. I can't pick. I thought you were seeing my reaction to someone in the chat. No, and and I don't. I, if it's anything bad, I don't want that. It's energy. not even that bad. Mitch just says, "Deuce, stop hedging. You sound like a landscaper." Uh, there's no hedging here. Like, why do you I, care what Mitch is saying? I, I'm just responding. It's a we. It's night chat. We interact. That's respond. what we do. We the, respond. You're responding to just. I mean, Mitch, I, I'm not hedging anything. I'm talking about the series. I think it's going to be a close series. I, I don't think that's a ridiculous thing to be like, yeah, there's this and there's that. There's this and there's that. That's what we do. I mean, if you want me to come back, this team is winning. I mean, I won't. I'm not being authentic. I'm being myself here. I'm telling you, if I thought the Kings were going to win in six games, I'd tell you. If I thought the Warriors going to sweep them, I'd tell you. I'm, there's no hedging. Can I be honest? What? I think it's so weird when other people want their opinion to be other people's. Like, that's the fun part about sports and having conversations and debates. Everyone having their own opinions and analysis as to why they feel that way. That that's is great. great. Yeah. And it's fun. So allow people to be hardcore and have hot takes and allow people to sit on a fence and allow people to make zero opinion at all. <laughs> I just also like if you're going to be in here and drop Kings and six. Why? Why are they and, and actually present like a sound argument for me? That, that's all I want. If you're going to come in here and say Warriors and four. Tell me why. I think this Kings team has shown the ability to be a team that doesn't back down, that plays hard most of the time. I There have been very few times this year where we went, they really didn't play hard tonight. No, like this team. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. 
you've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply team competes all the time i think that's a big deal and i think they they will be ready for this moment the key is game one you know could there be some nerves for a guy what i'm reading one of the comments too yeah b says i'm anxious i feel like i'm one of the players on saturday if draymond plays dirty i'll be the one to sucker punch his blank um i'm too short that's the most dangerous thing I can punch hard. <laughs> that's funny. That is so funny. Yeah, that's that's my issue. If tonight I started feeling nerves when Mike Conley was on the free throw line, not trying to knock down those three free throws, and I felt the nerves in my stomach, in my heart, everything. I'm like, if I'm feeling like this in a play-in game for another team, what yeah, the yeah. shit am I going to feel like for the Kings Warriors? I don't know. I don't want to know. I just... I got to be cool. Uh, Todd presents why he thinks the Kings will win. He says, we match up size-wise, can run fast to the Warriors' turnovers, and no one can stop Sabonis down low. So I, I think one of the big keys for this series is taking these punches that are going to come. You know it. We've all seen it. We've seen it, whether it's against the Kings or anybody. How many times do you see, hey, the Warriors are down a little bit, and here comes a Steph Curry flurry. Oh. Here comes a Clay Thompson blitz. And then their crowd's into it, and then it's, okay, Deflating. how do you handle it? Because that 12-point, 12-0 run can balloon into 21-0 easy with that team. So it, it, you, you just got to stay composed. You have to stay disciplined. And I agree with what he's taught saying on this. The Warriors do make mistakes. Mm -hmm. You have to make sure you're disciplined out there too because they will make you pay off your mistakes yep. big time. And if you're not capitalizing on their mistakes, but they are on yours, then we already have a winner. And you talk about all these deflating times. Mike Brown talked about it already. If you show any signs of doubt, they will hop on that. They will take advantage of you showing feeling any doubt on there on the floor that's what they've done year after year you mentioned mike brown he was on uh, chris haynes and uh, mark stein's podcast and they asked him about his team being ready for the playoffs i think they'll handle that okay but the reality of it is when we get in the mix 
that's what I'm waiting. That's what I, I, I'm waiting to see. And I asked our guys if they watched uh, Golden State uh, play New Orleans uh, last night or a couple nights ago. And, you know, a couple of the guys raised their hands. And so I, I said, what stood out? And one of the youngest guys on the team, Davion Mitchell, did not hesitate. He said, the physicality of the game. And I said, you are 100% correct. I said, for us to get from here to here during the regular season, eh, that was pretty easy. Because if you're organized, if you compete, uh, if you're you're healthy, relatively healthy, and you get a little lucky, it's pretty easy to be in the mix for a playoff spot or, or even a play-in spot. It's hard as heck. I mean, it's hard as heck to go even from here to here you know, especially in the postseason. And this is something they haven't experienced. And I said, a lot of it will stem from how physical the game's going to be on both ends for close to 48 minutes. And if you're not ready for that physicality, and I'm not just talking physically, but mentally also, if you're not ready for that, it's going to be a short out. And so I'm telling them the truth right now. And they will know. If we whether we play Golden State or anybody else, they will know that those teams are coming for our neck. And as soon as they see an ounce of doubt in our eyes, it's a wrap. That's the one thing I'm going to make sure our guys know is I don't care what's going on. We cannot give them a feeling of doubt from us. We got to take it to them first, second, or third. And, and third. Yeah, that's the mindset. And that's where I keep going back to this series. Like if the Kings had a different coaching staff right now, say it's a coaching staff that hadn't really been there before, mm -hmm. maybe not making deep runs. Mike Brown, not only being a part of winning teams, not just like in the last couple, he's been a part of winning organizations over the years where he's led them. He's been a part of them in one way or another. He understands what it takes to win. I think his knowledge of that and the fact that he knows the Golden State Warriors. He he knows Steve Kerr. Yeah. That was he was his right hand guy. Yeah. He was the one preparing Steve Kerr's defenses for NBA finals games against Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and the Celtics. He knows all those players. He knows everything. That knowledge for a guy who's obsessed with the game as obsessed with the game as Mike Brown is can only help the Kings. Well, and because he has coachable pieces on his roster that respect the hell out of him and want to buy in to what he's saying. And not only to what he's saying, what the rest of the coaching staff is saying. And when you have everyone buying in like that, you can execute some pretty great things out there. It's still going to be very difficult, but I think that's why there are so many people not only in Sacramento, but even in the national media that feel like this is going to be one of those fun series because there's there's just so many things on both sides that are going to take advantage of, right? Whether it's experience, whether it's knowing the other team, whether it's an offense, whether it's it, whatever it is, there's just both teams have their advantages in how they execute those things that they're really good at 
going to end up being the winner. Well, you mentioned the national media. Stephen A. Smith had some things to say about the Kings today on ESPN with Kendrick Perkins. The most intriguing matchup to me is the Warriors versus the Sacramento Kings. See, at some point in time, we're going to have to put some respect on the Sacramento Kings name. Sacramento Kings is number one offense in the NBA. De'Aaron Fox can ball. Sabonis can ball. Very proud of what I've seen from Malik Monk this year. Kendrick Perkins reminded me that Harrison Barnes is on the squad. Keegan Murray can ball. He's a rookie. So a rookie, he's a rookie prospect. His brother can play. And Mike Brown is unquestionably, unquestionably the coach of the year. It's not even up for debate. Mike Brown is the coach of the year. Okay? So you got Sacramento and Golden State within an hour and 15 minutes, an hour and a half. It's a bus ride. They ain't got a flight. It's a bus ride, okay? Yeah. Got them within an hour and a half of each other, mm-hmm. right? We've got two high pot, the top two offenses in basketball going up against each other. Sacramento's got like a 24th defensive rating or whatever it is, all right? So I'm like, Golden State going to put up some buckets. Sacramento, Sacramento damn sure going to put up some buckets. Things are going to get very, very interesting. The operative word here is intriguing. Anybody ask for predictions? The question is, what's the most intriguing matchup? And I look at Sacramento against Golden State, particularly when Golden State were not 11 games. Were they 11 and 30? 11 and 30 on the road this year. They could go on the road and get beat by anybody. That's what they've been showing us. Sacramento with that offense can beat anybody. So I look at it from that perspective. I look at Mike Brown being a former assistant of Steve Kerr. I look at Steph Curry going up against De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox anxious to prove this brother's legit and admired in Sacramento basketball purgatory. They ain't been relevant for two decades since the days of C-Webb and Peja Stoyakovich and Vlade Divac and all of them brothers and Mike Bibby. Let me not forget him. And all of a sudden, now here you come. Can't forget my man Bobby Jackson either from that squad that went to the Western Conference Finals, went to the Western Conference Finals against the Lakers at the turn of the century. I'm just looking at Sacramento and, and, and Golden State. When we talk about some exciting basketball, I'm looking forward to it. Kendrick Perkins. So there's a Stephen A. Smith. Uh, I start, I got distracted, too, by Kendrick Perkins' noises during that. I thought it was Carlin. Are the, you sure it's Kendrick Perkins making those noises? Or yes. is it like the audio is filmed by someone or something? I no, that was Kendrick Perkins, Morgan. Oh, my God. Does he know he has a <laughs> mic on? People thought that was Nick. That was not Nick. I even checked in the middle of it to see if Nick was in the Discord. That was Kendrick Perkins making those noises. What was that? Mike on. Mike <laughs> on. Always on. Mike is hot. Oh, man. Yeah, I do. I agree with Stephen A on that, too. I do think it's probably the most intriguing matchup in the playoffs in the first round. For sure. Dude, it's just... The storylines are insane. Yeah, yeah. the storylines are insane. That's what makes it, um, that type of drama is so fun. But I think when you look at all those storylines and the the drama that could be there, what makes it the most fun is that you know, you know from what you've heard from these players, both teams, players, respect the hell out of each other. And what that leads to is usually some great basketball, right? You just got guys out there both trying to win at the highest of high levels. So they're going to do anything they need to do physically um, to get the win, but they're also going to do it in 
in a fashion that like has like good sportsmanship. Yeah. You know, and I just, I don't know. I I know that sounds kind of corny, but I just think that really leads to something special on the floor in the playoffs. I I, I want to get a little chippy. And it it can. What do you think? Who's the first? Draymond. Draymond and who though? Like with the Kings, who do you think he gets into it? Um, Keegan Mert. Could you imagine Keegan go like flies off the handle? You're like, whoa, we didn't know he had it in him. Playoff Keegan. I think Monk's shit. a good example. Like Monk yeah. gets into it with guys. Trey, we've seen it with Trey Lyles. You think Sabonis has a little in him that he, he you know get in someone's face? He does. Yeah, but he he needs to keep because that's when when he gets here, then he starts using his hands a little bit more. Yeah, I get worried. I want to. I want to keep him out there. Keep him out there. And like Mike Brown was saying in that other clip. They have to set the tone with the physicality because the Warriors are going to come out and go like, we know how to set the tone in a postseason, so we're going to do that. But the Kings have to surprise them with a different level of physicality. You know, the other thing they brought up there was a Warriors road record. They have 11 road wins this year, which is just insanely bad. And then Mark Stein had some interesting numbers that you were bringing up at the start of this. Their road defense versus their home defense it's interesting because the Kings kind of have a weird home road split where the Kings road defense is eighth in the NBA. The Warriors road defense is 28th in the NBA. The Kings home defense is 29th. The Warriors home defense is third. It's weird how much of this stuff really matters when it comes to playoff time. I don't really know. I don't. I mean, I just... I. I think these teams are going to put up a lot of points on each other. I do. I think the Warriors may have moments where they can lock in defensively, but they also need to score. And that's where, like, you play GP2, that's fine. But you you have to have some offense out there, too, for spacing purposes. So there's going to be interesting matchups. The Warriors could go small in the Kings and put Draymond at the five. There's some disadvantages there on the other end with Sabonis being big. The Kings could go a little bigger if they wanted to as well. And I mean, if they do end up going more of that small ball, like you said, like putting small ball five Trey Lyles out there, we've seen that work as well. Is Jordan Poole going to start going off and just having a good, efficient game? Because you know if he isn't, then that's great for the Kings. And there's been multiple times this season that he hasn't had the game that he's needed to have for the Warriors. And then there's other times where he's just special out there. So the inconsistency there, um, you can question because he's still young. But yeah, they got a lot of <laughs> they got a lot of solid pieces yeah. on this roster. Going back to even D, uh DiVincenzo and just what uh, his experience uh with the Bucks and then obviously being here, just really finding his groove with the Warriors could never really get that in Sacramento was coming back from a really bad injury and with the Warriors has just done better and better and he flies in there for offensive rebounds and we've already talked about how deflating even those O boards can be yeah rebounding is going to be big in this series getting some more stops obviously I think the, the Kings can really make the Warriors pay with the sloppiness the Warriors were so sloppy the last time they they played the Kings when the Kings did not play anybody yeah um, and they could really hurt them. I, I do think the other thing too, Sacramento's, I like Sacramento's bench better in terms of what they can bring. Malik Monk can come in and get you buckets. We talked about his, his, the pick and roll game he's got with Sabonis. Yeah. Those two work so well off of each other. It can create so many other looks too. That's nasty. Yeah. Davion coming in being a dog. 
Oh. He's going to have to be really dog-like in this series. Yeah, very dog-like. Like, um, annoy the hell out of Steph Curry, most likely. And give me some Trey Lyles. Small ball five, please. Oh, I know. I know. It's. I mean, it's something that we might be seeing a lot. And that's what's great, though, is that we have seen so many different things from Mike Brown, his rotations, um, what's worked out there with different matchups. That's the thing. Years... There's been so many years in a row for the Sacramento Kings where a roster just wouldn't work against so many different matchups. They couldn't switch up a lot of things because they didn't have the depth. Uh, and now they have a roster that isn't full of superstars, but it's full of guys that understand how to play basketball the right way. And so when they do go up against certain matchups, they 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 do a really good job of knowing their role out there and how they need to execute their role. I put this poll question up in the chat, Morgan. How are you feeling about Kings Warriors? Mm -hmm. The options, think Kings can pull it off. Warriors or toss up. What we got? 75% of people saying, think the Kings can pull it off. Okay, now. I think there's, there's nothing wrong with believing that. No. Oh, and you know what's really cool, too? I mean, I'm sure that this person didn't vote for that, but um, I even had a Warriors fan tweet at me the other day saying, um, like, loved our, our conversations about the Warriors and Kings and will be following us all the way through with our coverage. So Are they, they going to follow us after the Kings eliminate them, or will they... I mean, they should. Uh, one of our favorites, uh, Alicia, tweeted us saying, Oh, Deuce and Mo, you have to have faith and believe that our team is good enough to go far this year. I have hope. It's hard to listen to you guys talk so much about having respect for the Warriors and how supposedly good they are. They're not. Can you talk more about the Kings and very little about the Warriors, please? More positive words about our amazing team. I love you guys. I don't think I can keep listening to you guys continue to talk about the Warriors being good. We're in the playoffs. We're waiting 17 long years. I tune in to watch your excitement about our team. To hear Deuce saying he thinks the Warriors will win is sad. I respect your opinions and honesty. I just need to be honest about how I feel. Um, wow. So much to <laughs> unpack there. I'm saying I felt like at the moment. Um, I, 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 I don't know. Why, I don't why, know. That's just her opinion. That's just her opinion. It's it's like this. I even one one of my one of my coworkers with NBC. I'm not a cheerleader. No, no, no. But th that's and that's and people people want that. And if you want that, that's fine. I mean, but it's just like that's just we're just gonna be ourselves no matter what. Uh, coworker at NBC. I gave him a Christmas card that says "Light the Beam" on it, and he and he has it on his bulletin board. Okay. He took a video of him taking it down for the series. Good. Really? I like that competitiveness. I was like, just leave it up there. Just, I didn't do anything to you. I mean, it doesn't have to. Even though if anyone gave me anything Warriors branded, I would be a little pissed off. I'd yeah. Like, what, it, what are you, you doing? Take it down. Like what? But light the beams like a cute thing. But like Warriors, what are you doing? Huh? Yeah. So, okay. I, I get it. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Um. It's just also understanding that. Playoff basketball is just different. And as confident as I am in the Kings' ability to be super competitive and have a chance to win this series, there's just a lot of unknown. I mean, we played a clip of Mike Brown, who was just talking about the unknown. Like, I'm curious how my team will respond to this. 
He was literally talking about the different levels. It's easy to win during the regular season sometimes. Teams aren't locked in. Guys are resting. Even the Warriors, they don't take stuff seriously. Hell, remember that clip of Draymond Green before the season going, oh, you don't get excited to play Sacramento. On a Tuesday. No. And that's where I think the Kings have been different than so many other teams is they, they play hard every night. They play their guys every night. There's no load management. They play a style. They share the ball. These are foundational things that they just do. This is what this year's team does. Now, are they going to be able to do it come playoff time? It's a question. And Why not? I can't wait to see how it turns out. Why not? Um, let's see here. You think a six seed that barely made out of the plane is going to take us? Okay, be scared. I mean, again, I, I just think the, I love it. when we're, we're talking about standings and stuff in the West this year, I, I cannot believe this tonight, by the way, that this is this night has evolved into me sounding, I guess, negative in your guys' eyes. You're shocked about this? I am a little shocked by oh, this because I not. feel like we're pretty measured, right? We like, are. So how is this even altering your opinion no, on us being measured? That's This is hilarious. I, I'm just, I'm, it's hilarious to me. Um, So... Yeah, I don't view the Warriors as a typical sixth seed. You know, I mean, I, I just think you look at the fact that Curry missed a ton of games this year. Wiggins missed a ton of games. Like, it, I, I, No, I don't view them as that. The West is so different. I mean, it, the separation between three and ten, pretty slim this year. Jay would like you to know, Deuce, you raised us this way, by the way. I did not. <laughs> I come in excited after wins, and I want you guys to be excited for the playoffs. I'm just at midweek. There's no, we're not talking about a game that just happened. I'm here talking about, all right, here's how I think things could go down. Here are some interesting angles. Here's how I think the Kings could have an advantage. Uh, here's something I'm concerned about. That's kind of what we do here. I don't. And Ellis says, Ducemo just have a lot of Bay Area friends, apparently. No, actually, no friends. I just watch basketball, dude. Um, I watch basketball anyway, all the time. Actually, no friends. Uh, just the NBC studios are in San Francisco. So they're all Warriors fans. And I, they're my coworkers. Of course, I like them. Man. <laughs> but they all have said to me, they're like, okay, are we going to be friends for these next couple of weeks? Yes. Yes, we're all gonna be friends. This is this is fun time to me. I this is why I love sports because it's not the real world. It's a yeah. sport. It's a game, and that is fun. Yes, there's a lot of things I would do. A lot of things for the Kings to just keep advancing, but I would not do some things. And so you have to understand, you have to have your boundaries and you have to be realistic when you are talking about things, analyzing the, and or no, you don't screw have me. To. You, can you do don't have, you want, that's what I was but, just about to say. You don't have to be realistic. But don't go at me for being like, Hey, this is kind of how I feel. Like Ellis says, where's the irrational confidence juice and mo from the season. <laughs> I have said tonight that I think the Kings can win this series. I think that says a lot. Guys, guys, this team went from not being a playoff team for 17 years to now being the number three seed in the West. You don't always just win your first series. So if they, I wouldn't even be down if they lost. But they have a chance to win. Think about how far they've come. They went from not even being a team. We didn't even think there would be a playoff team this year, and they are hosting a home playoff game in the first round of the NBA Plus. 
That's beyond exciting. I'm stunned by that. And the fact that we can even have a conversation about them winning a series is awesome. The 98-99 the team that everyone loved, some of you may not remember, they lost in the first round. And you know what the next year, the 99-2000 Kings did? They lost in the first round. Then they got out of the second round. And then they got swept in the second round. And then they got to the conference finals. It's not always like, hey, you get there and you just move all the way up because you believe. I mean, that's fine if you want to approach it that way. I am going into this series with maybe too much respect for the Warriors, according to you guys. But I'm sorry. I've watched this team. This team has done it. But this doesn't mean they're going to continue to do it. The reality is, at some point, the Warriors dynasty, whatever you want to call it, will come to an end. I know. If, if there is a year for it to come to an end. Ooh, how fun would that be? It is this year. Based on the Draymond, Jordan stuff. Yes. They haven't run, won the road games. Maybe they just can't stay healthy. Clay's not the same guy. The mileage. There's a lot of things you could point to because it's not going to last forever. But you have to... I, I, I don't know what you expected True. from me, but just understand... I'm with you. I, I think the Kings have a chance, but I'm not going to sit here today and be like, Kings in four or five, Warriors washed. That's not me, unless I actually believe it. Next. Are you okay? Yeah. And I was like, screw the facts of that. That Just that storyline would be so fun. So fun. I don't care how the Kings have to do it. And no, Todd, there's no apology. There would be no apology if the, the Kings won, because I made a prediction. Like, so I... I don't know. I mean, I guess if, yeah, I'm going to stop myself. Good. I think you should. I think you should. Now it's just like you guys are trolling now. Yeah. You're being trolled. You're in, you're falling for it, man. And people are laughing at you, not with you. It's supposed to be a fun week. It's supposed to be a fun week. I actually, you know what I thought we were doing tonight? What'd you think? I thought we were providing some nice coverage, just breaking down the series. We are. We are. Wait, this has been fun, Deuce. I don't know why you're taking anything to heart. Let's talk about Draymond Green. Okay. Hear what he had to say on his podcast? Yeah. What? Why are you giving me that look? No. Go ahead. No. What? No. no, go ahead. What? Because I'm nervous that if they got to you, if someone got to you. I'm just stunned right now. I'm just a little off guard by the chat see i've been reading like what i've been getting off of twitter and everything this is how a lot of people are and and i i don't feel the same way that a lot of people are um in this king's community but like I also I also know like you say anything wrong if you if you for example Mark Spears I saw that he put out like Warriors in five, four five five or six or whatever Kings fans were not happy this is a guy that has been rallying for the Kings all season long the only national media member in the beginning of the season saying they're going to make the playoffs and blah, blah blah my whole point to this is anything you say that people don't like right now, there's just sensitivity in the air and you just can't care because that's just like what it is right now. You know? I guess. Yeah. 
And that's why, like, there are people. Those are our people. Like, just enjoy it. It's fun. See? Be honest. Yeah. No. What do you know? You can talk Draymond now. Stop. You're tapping your finger to your chin like you're doing something evil. And I don't like it. I have done night chats. Oh, no. Now it's about him. I have done night chats for years after a Kings team would lose nine in a row, not once, but twice. I have been here trying to provide some therapy, hang out with the people, talk through it together. And tonight I'm being cast as something else. And I don't appreciate it. Oh, well, who cares? Someone just mentioned that Morgan thought that they were going to win 36 games in the beginning. Yeah, shit on me. I don't give a shit. (laughs) (laughs) I said they weren't going to make the playoffs and I have to get a tattoo. I don't give a shit. I don't uh, care. Uh, let's uh, continue on Draymond Green. Uh, Draymond Green's podcast. I was eager to see what he was going to say about the series. Uh, Draymond says he's pretty excited about it. I'm excited about this. I am very excited about this. Um, battle of NorCal. The Warriors, and it's been a long time since this battle has er- mattered, if ever. And it matters now. Playoffs. Doesn't get much better than that. Uh, for us, quite frankly, I like the fact that we matched up with the Kings because it is a short trip. So to start this uh, this playoff run off with a bus ride an hour and five minutes away, I'll take that. Also, no Dub Nation showing up in waves, baby. In waves. And I'm looking forward to that. Let's see if we can turn that thing into a home game, Dub Nation. <laughs> think it's going to be tough, though, because these Sacramento Kings fans have been waiting for this. For 20 plus years. Okay. <laughs> We're such petty assholes. We're like. Dumbnation's taking over. Waves. Oh, is that right, Draymond? It, it, it's so unique, though, that there is a playoff series where both fan bases have the capability of easily going to the next city, right? Like, you're Kings fans, I remember in the early 2000s, they traveled to Phoenix for a series, and they took over that building. That was impressive. But this being, you know, whatever, 90 minutes away, yeah, it's easy for both fan bases to go to games. You know, I think I saw someone compare it to, like, it's like a high school. It really Ooh. is, you know, when high schools kind of take over. So, yeah, there will be some Warriors fans in the building. I don't think it's going to be as many as people think. People are like, did you see the last regular season game? Yeah, I did. I did. When Kings fans sold because they're trying to make some money headed in the playoffs. I don't care about that. their that guys weren't mad. playing. Yeah, yeah. so I, I, I look at it pretty simple. The Kings fans are thirsty to watch this team for the first time in the playoffs for in 17 years. Some Warriors fans will be there. But I'm telling you, I have seen and talked to many of Kings fans who are making the trip to go to San Francisco to be there to see Kings Warriors. I love it. I so love I don't it. think it's going to be some crazy wave. No, <laughs> no, it, it it is funny when he talks about like that because he's trying to rally his troops, right? And yeah, like yeah. trying to, to promote it, um, which is smart. I mean, Draymond works his magic in different ways. And someone put in the chat, I didn't see who it was, but they said, I can't wait till that first Draymond tech. Like, that first one. When's it coming? At Golden One Center. 
it's going to be great. It's going to get the crowd just riled up and going and you got to feed off that energy. Those things are going to be so fun. But yeah, when he talks about the fan base, I'm not there with him. He also congratulated the Kings. Facing the Kings, the three seed. I'm excited about this. I'm excited, number one, to see my guy Mike Brown uh, turn the Sacramento Kings around like he has. It's beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Congratulations to the Sacramento Kings. That's dope to see. Happy for Mike Brown. Happy for Leandro Barbosa, Luke Lauks, Vivek. All Golden State Warriors guys. Happy for those guys. That stops now. It's time to go now. Oh, Joe. <laughs> You're such a dick. <laughs> Uh, he also broke down uh, the series. It's a really good team. Uh, you got De'Aaron Fox, who's growing his own as a point guard, facing off with the great Steph Curry uh, at the point guard position. Kevin Herter, who's coming into his own, facing off against the great Klay Thompson. You know, Dante DiVincenzo, possibly Andrew Wiggins. The three spot, facing off against a young Keegan Murray. You got myself, facing off against Harrison Barnes. And you got 82 facing off against some bonus. Some good matchups. They got a really good bench. Monk coming off the bench, Monk gets to it. Um, Trey Lyles has been really good off their bench. Davion uh, Mitchell comes in just a little pest all over the place. Defensively, really good. It's going to be a tough matchup. Uh, this is a team, a young team that doesn't have much playoff experience. You want to try to pounce on that right away. You don't want to let them get hope, uh, start getting more experience, and start believing. You want to start trying to... Take that. You want to instill doubt right away as much as you can. Instill the doubt immediately. And so that has to be our goal going in. That will be our goal. I have no doubt that we can get that done. Yeah. He's not going to instill doubt with this team. Mike Brown's not going to let that happen. And my, that that's a topic of conversation since they knew they were playing the Warriors. Like, that's just not going to happen. There's nothing that's going to happen in the first few minutes of game one, that's going to rattle this team no. and have them lose a series. No, but those moments do happen. Like, we talked about it. When Steph Curry goes off, when Klay Thompson is just on fire and isn't missing, and then they go on these runs. Like, there are moments where you can tell yourself and prepare yourself to not show emotion or make sure your body language is staying composed and not feeling doubtful uh, in your squad, on the road, or whatever it may be. And it still might be there at times. And I think if it does get there at all, they just need to learn from it. How to, one, not allow it to get there again, or two, how to change that in the moment. Make that adjustment in the moment, in a timeout, wherever that needs to be. Slow Roll says, what's wrong with Draymond's take? What did you expect him to say? I don't think anyone said it was wrong. Anything he said was wrong. I mean, I that's, of course, going to be their mindset to pounce on the Kings. And that's what you should do against any team that you feel is inexperienced. I, I do think that's a little overblown, too. I, I mean, Kevin Herter has played big playoff games. He's had a big game seven. Sabonis has played. Harrison Barnes has played in the playoffs. Trey Lyles has played in the playoffs. And I don't think someone like De'Aaron Fox is going to shrink from it. It's I think sometimes that stuff, too, gets overblown because a lot of these guys have played meaningful games in life, okay? Like, 
De'Aaron Fox has played in the NCAA tournament, and he's had monster games in the NCAA it, tournament. It's, I, I totally understand. They've had big games getting here. Absolutely. Absolutely. But my only, my only pushback is, and I've mentioned this multiple times since we've been talking about this matchup, it's the reason why we even analyze it and, and talk about it like that, Deuce, and talk about like, oh, he doesn't have this experience or he doesn't have this experience. It's the unknown. And so when that unknown is there, it allows us to break it down like that, even if we're confident that that might not happen or that won't but happen my, or whatever that is. The, the, I understand. But the point is this, that Draymond's acting as if the Kings don't have playoff experience. I just rattle off four guys who have legit playoff experience coupled with a coaching staff who's literally won championships. Sure. So I just think that's overblown a little bit. It's not like you're taking a whole bunch of young guys who are going to get rattled. And oh, by the way, De'Aaron Fox, who's going to win the Clutch Award of the Clutch Player of the Year Award. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be rattled by anything in the playoffs. No. And and hopefully Keegan Murray, the rookie, isn't either. I Again, you just, it's the unknown. We don't know until they are there. And then once they are there and they show like, oh, we good? Then everyone to go oh yeah we know what they're capable of doing in a postseason they step up they are ready they are tuned in locked in let's effing go but it's okay to question it right now from the outside they're they better not be questioning inside the locker room or with one another because they obviously believe oh, yeah. in I, their ability to play this game at the highest level that cup metu had the other day was was great just talking about the warriors that i just really liked when he was just talking about okay we're not really worried about anyone we feel like we can beat anyone and i i truly believe that locker room has that mindset and that's an important mindset to have is to have the confidence that you guys can go in there and be anyone there are games this year that showed me oh this team's not back that clippers game on the road when they had paul george and quite the classic 176 mm. 175 game dude that showed me everything about this team and i know it was a regular season game but it was a game in which the clippers had their guys and they needed to win it was like hey this post trade deadline like this is when the good teams start playing better the clippers gave them everything they had the Kings got down multiple times. Their will to win in that game That's, is what stood out. And we've seen that. And we've year. seen that multiple times. The Cavs on the road when they're on 19, they go on that 19-0 run the to close the game. The Mavericks game where mm -hmm. Fox at 26 in the final 17 minutes of the game. They've just had multiple times this year where you're like, okay, this team doesn't, they compete. Oh, that home win against Utah earlier in the year. One of their last games against the Pelicans where on both ends of the floor, it just felt yep. like a complete game and they had all their guys playing, right? That, that's the one recently yeah. that has given me the most confidence that, okay, they'll be ready to go. Yeah. Where they were like, oh, they played good defense on Ingram. They just were scrappy they executed mm. that's what's gonna say fun stuff my god let's go is it saturday yet i wish i i i'm i was talking to jason about that today and jason ross it, it's weird because you just you want it to be here so fast but you also want to just enjoy the moment so much soak it in soak it in right because that's the the great part about being in the playoffs you're in the playoffs and you get playoff games yeah. for sure but you also don't you just don't know when it 
is going to come to an end. And it comes to an abrupt end. During the season, we've known for 16 years, hey, April whatever is the final game of the season. Here, we don't know. And then it's just over. And then it's like, oh, that was it? And even, say you win a championship. That's an amazing feeling. But then, like, you start thinking about next year, maybe. I just live in the moment and appreciate this. I just hope all Kings fans appreciate it. My other tip of the day. Oh, there's another tip, everyone. Yeah, you know what? You listen up to me. Oh, God. Listen no. up now. Dear God. All you, I'm going to remember all you guys tonight. All oh. you guys who went at me tonight. Okay. Every single last one of them. Just like I remember Mio and Felix, who were Fox haters for the better part of two and a half years and have not shown their face in this chat, I don't know, since they were 0-4. Oh. Haven't said anything. Haven't given credit where credit's due. I'm going to remember this because if the okay. Kings lose a game in this series, which, by the way, is likely, I do not expect anyone in here to hit the panic button. Oh. Don't come in here and be hot take. Oh, game once. They can't do it. I like it. No, 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 no. I like it. We're going to come in here and we're going to be disappointed together if they lose the game. And we're going to be talking about adjustments. We're not playing the woe is me. Get the shovels out. This is over. I'm remembering all you guys in here who are being overconfident tonight. To be fair, you guys are being overconfident tonight. A little disrespectful to the opponent. That's fine. You're feeling yourself. I get it. I'm excited too. But don't go the other way on me. Because I will remember. Fair. That is the only thing that Deuce has said tonight that I agree with. And that is fair. Agreed. <laughs> Keep that same energy. Uh, Ghetto Pat in the chat says, uh, Warriors are going to humble you guys pretty quick. See, I don't like that confidence either, man. You, see, then I get. See, then I start going to their side. No. You can't start going at Kings fans. Hey, you stay in the middle. We're no, I'm not. I'm gonna go where I want to go. Why don't you just meet me in the middle? <laughs> Gavano says, "Cocky and petty is how we do, though." <laughs> yeah. Oh, you guys are fun. Yeah, I saw someone else in the chat saying that the, the Kings and Grizzlies are being disrespected because the Kings are underdogs in the series and the Grizzlies at this point are just slight favorites on the Lakers in their first round series. Hmm. I don't look at it that way. I mean, it's also Vegas. They get shit wrong. It happens. And um, I'm not, I, I, I think we talked about in our initial night chat after we found out they were playing the Warriors. I'm not surprised at all the Kings are underdogs. And I don't really care. They've been underdogs this whole season. They weren't supposed to win. Over 32 games, according to Vegas, at one point. Yeah. They were definitely not supposed to win the Pacific Division when they were 250 to 1 odds. That went to 400 to 1 odds. So, they did that. Um, Someone said, Kings fans don't know how to act. It's been 17 years. And the thing, <laughs> what I love about that, it's it's kind of true in some way. So, how, and just a suggestion, is kind of just going off of what Deuce was saying. It's just enjoying every moment of it then right like if you and we will because that's just what humans do in sports world get too high and get too low but if you can try to remember to just appreciate even the highs and the lows because it's this part of the journey that you just want to like remember forever put in a little jar and just like save it and just keep it in your little memory box it's just a fun time Walking around Sacramento right now. Oh, 
everybody is into it, man. It Even is Even people that like don't watch basketball, they're they're people. Oh, I just love the beam. I just love the beam. I love it. This city, I I am so looking forward not only to the game on Saturday, but before the game, like walking around downtown Sacramento on Saturday. Yeah, you're gonna feel the vibe oh. around the city. Well, you know, I saw I saw so many people, and I even one of my cousins texts, and they're like, "I didn't get in game one." I'm like, "Major FOMO," and I'm like, "No, no, no, no! Just be in the city, be around, be outside Doco, go to a one of the Midtown, wherever." You're going to feel it. It's going to be great. You're not going to have FOMO. You're going to be with the right people. I think this community is going to be just flooding, as Draymond would say, the streets. Uh, a couple more Super Chats. Uh, let's get to... Thank you guys, by the way. Yeah, I appreciate all you guys. Thank you so much to Philip for the subscription. Beam Thanks. Team King donated five bucks saying, Sacktown won't back down. Will layeth the smackdown if you smell. Also, thank you so cool. much to Ian donating five bucks. I'm on Team Hedge. I predict somebody will win. It will take at least four games. Beyond that, with these teams, I have no idea. Just happy to be here. Aww. I dig that approach, man. It's gonna be so hilarious when, uh, like, I do a podcast later this week, and I'm like, Kings are going to destroy the Warriors. <laughs> They're gonna win the championship. <laughs> uh, Kurt P, two dollars, saying, "What are boundaries?" That's funny. And thank you so much to Rice Knight for resubscribing 30 months in a row. Uh, he says, Deuce won't say it, so I will. Kings in four. Uh, you guys, you kill me. You kill me. Have you taken a moment to think about the possibility of the Kings beating the Warriors in this series? I I have, and I didn't I didn't like it. I didn't I'm like sorry? it. Yeah, no, it like I'm sorry, what's that mean? You it didn't just, like it. It it made me too happy, and if so, then if I don't reach that happiness, then I'm I'm gonna feel depressed, and so I don't want to think about it again. That's interesting, yeah. Because you you dream about other things, you think about other things in life. Um, I and that doesn't I have dream the same I dream about a lot of things I can control, you know. So I know if I have control over it and um it makes me happy it's like a very balanced happiness like that is something i'm not putting on basketball shoes and can't control and they get to control and dictate my life and my happiness and it's like what it would do to my life is just so exciting to even think about that i don't want to think about it. <laughs> uh yeah i i have thought about it a few times and it just feels feel it, so much happiness and then you'd be like oh, all right now, second round. All right. Stop. Oh. See, and that's, and that's, and then it makes you, it forces you to like not appreciate every single moment. And again, for any NBA fans that are just listening in or anything, um, this is truly just coming from the heart of, of Kings fans that have not experienced this one in 17 years, 16 seasons. But to a lot of us, I mean, I know for me and you, Born and raised in Sacramento, this is the team that we grew up with being our heroes, like our childhood heroes. Like there's so many more connections to it than just like, ah, we root them on. It's crazy what this team I think means to so many people in this city for a lot of those reasons, because it, there is a lot of special times that people yeah. just got to connect with. And we're so lucky that we got that to now be back in this moment. And that's why I don't need to think about any other moments past this. You're moment. just going game to game. I'm just going game to game. 
I think we're doing some night chats from San Francisco because we're going to be at games three and four. Correct. Yeah. We'll have our lights. We're going to make the, we're going to make our setup. Are we? Oh God. Yeah. Oh, it's going to look great. Let, let's just say the fog machine's getting packed. Um, I think the, uh, vision board also needs to be packed. Can we just somehow pack up this entire room? And, no. And bring it the Phys background too. <laughs> Physically impossible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah i'm i'm excited for this week i am i'm excited just for the continued talk to see what kind of storylines develop i think one that's been interesting too was i don't know if you saw james ham's quote he was on 95.7 the game no what'd he say right, <laughs> yes! it's a good one to talk him, about. him 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 this is a good one to talk about oh yeah well it, put it this way kyle kuzma retweet uh retweeted it and had a comment about it what let's just go let's see stop it oh, he retweets a lot of this stuff that's so funny okay uh-uh that's not it um okay oh here we go okay. here we go here we go this is a quote from when james was on 95.7 game okay I was in Warriors locker rooms. I know how great they are. The Kings offense this year was better than the Warriors offense in any of their great years. What? Ham? <laughs> what? Is he joking? He was just saying it. No, I think he was being very literal. Okay. Because the Kings have the best offensive rating in NBA history. I see. I see. Okay. So by the numbers, he's kind of going from there. Yeah. But what did Koo say? Uh, Koo says, you guys annoy me with this logic and <laughs> analytics, LOL. King's offense is the real deal, no doubt, but come on, man, get real. Damn, Kyle Kuzma? Yeah. Calling out a hammy ham like that? And then Kuzma actually offered some some of his potential matchups for the series. He says, game one matchups, let's see, Wiggs, Guards, Fox, okay. Steph on Herter, Draymond on Harrison, Clay on Murray, Looney on Sabonis. Okay, now. I'm telling you, if that's the matchup game one... Good luck to Andrew Wiggins. I mean, sure, but you test guys it out. have played since February. Take him to the rack. And you gotta deal with the year and Fox. Shove them in a zone. Shove them in a zone That's, and yeah, and then get picked apart by Sabonis and off ball movement with these guys in the shooting. Okay. Zone done. Again, I'm not saying that they can't do it. I'm just throwing out the alternative, the challenges that could the Kings offense could still face. Saying they can't execute. And the NBA University put this, he was responding to this. Kings Warriors about to set a record for the most off ball screens and handoffs in NBA history. The series was created in a lab for NBA sickos. Ooh. Comparing the offensive ratings, defensive ratings. Yeah. It's um Let's go. This matchup is going to be everyone's favorite. Not just in Sacramento, not just in San Francisco. And let's do something. I actually thought about this today. I'm not calling them the Golden State Warriors anymore. What? What is this? They don't represent the state of California. We have three other NBA teams. How about this Golden State? Pick a city. No. Pick a city. Uh, here, I'll even give you this. Stupid. Your Bay Area Warriors. Okay. San Francisco Warriors. They're not going to change, Deuce. Should they be, you think they should be called the Golden State Warriors? You know what? 
I don't really connect to the Golden State. Do you? When you think of California? It's a Golden State, man. I know. Do you connect with it, though? No, but I don't like... That's the, my I, point. But I don't like them taking that's it. That's my point. I don't like them taking it, it though. Have I don't it. want them to have Bye. it. Bye. I don't want them to have it. Have it, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> don't eat it. Um, yeah, but this matchup, I think... It, in all honesty, I think this is going to be a favorite, not just of the fan bases in Sacramento and Golden State, just in the NBA because of the style of play. And if people, the other thing I'm excited for, people have not seen the Kings. Not a lot of people have seen the Hardcore Kings. Hardcore NBA fans yeah. have, for sure. Yeah. But you know what I mean, like a national audience. And this is their first chance. Like De'Aaron Fox is not like a household name by any means. No. there's but He has a chance to turn himself into that type of name around the entire sports world because people watch the Warriors and people are going to see the Kings go, I'm like, wait, they move without the ball like that? They've got a passing big guy like that? They've got a player like De'Aaron Fox? They've got shooting around it? It's it's exciting. It is. You know, it's funny. As soon as you you keep mentioning, like, this is going to be super, super exciting, blah, blah, blah. I keep thinking all those same things, but I do, I get in this mindset and it's just to, to push back a little. I get in this mindset of like, are we overhyping it? No. Okay. Because no. I, I believe all of this could happen. And then I go, what if they're having a crappy shooting night? What if they're having a crappy shooting night? What if Warriors are turning the ball over and they look like the Lakers tonight turning the ball it, over? It doesn't matter. Morgan, fans watch the Lakers in Timberwolves tonight in Miami, Atlanta. Yeah. No, no. I'm saying from a fun perspective, though. It's going to be way more fun than what we witnessed tonight. Well, I know that. I yeah, know that, should... but I'm just saying like, like those games coming up because there is a lot of offense being played and I'm just like, I'm just pushing back and saying, no, you're are just... we overhyping? No, no. Okay. Or like we? No. Everyone's like, talking I'm, about That's them. what I'm saying. No, I'm I... not saying we, I'm saying like. Okay. Here, how about this, as Morgan? As an NBA let's community. Play, let's play a game called Trust Your Eyes. You've watched the Warriors a Fair lot. Fair enough. You right watched there. the Kings th this year. Do you think we're overhyping no. the offensive capabilities of no. these teams? No, I don't. And I do. You're exactly right. I test. I trust my eyeballs. What I've seen, not only what I've seen from the Sacramento Kings night in and night out, but then from the last couple of games specifically that we've watched with the Warriors in, we've seen their really crappy times, but then find a way to make the in-game adjustments to all of a sudden look like a whole different team, and it is a beautiful basketball. Well, we're going to be on again live tomorrow night following the play-in games. We're going to talk a lot of Kings-Warriors. Both teams will have media availability tomorrow afternoon. We'll be there for those, have some content from that, and get you closer. It's here. We got playoff week, baby. We love you guys so, so, so much, but we... Guts to go. You all rock. Thanks for being here. Sleepings. Deuce and mo, Deuce and mo, Deuce and mo. They tell you what they know. Deuce and mo, Deuce and mo, Deuce and mo. The podcast that you know. Deuce and mo. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. 
Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.